Derek was such a drag. Every day he'd have the same cold shower, collect the same amiibos, never play any of his games. Yeah, he was just that kind of guy. But then, one day he goes and opens one of his amiibos. He couldn't even be original about the way he did it. Of course, it was Mario. I'm not complaining. I was dying for him to open one anyway. But guess what? He'll be coming back, and he'll be bringing his new amiibos with him. Especially if you're playing with two players because it's so easy to swallow each other. Everybody to the Geekscape Games podcast. This is level fifty-one, the one where Shane was on time. That is right. There's, there's a question mark on the end of on that. time. Subtitle: Fuck yeah, I was on time. I was on time. I was a half hour early. That's because we, we actually told you that we were starting at six thirty, and so when we showed up at seven, you had just got there. <laughs> but uh, like, I, I the only reason I did that is because I didn't go to work today because I was sick. So I just that's the only up. reason you're on time. Yeah. <laughs> Well, he did tell uh, us he was going to be on time today. He just didn't tell us why. <laughs> That's true. That is true. He's like, I'm um, specifically not going to go to work just so I can show up on time to this podcast. Um, that that crossed my mind. But when I woke up with a terrible fever, I was like, eh, fuck it. I was actually thinking about not coming to the podcast, but I couldn't let you guys show me up. Classic Shane. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is your first Geekscape Games podcast. Where have you been for 52 weeks? Uh, actually, longer than 52 weeks. Uh no, yeah, eh, whatever. You could have just um, said a year. Uh, yeah, where have you been for a year? <laughs> um, this is the number one video game podcast on the Geekscape Network. Uh, we talk all about video games. Uh, we talk about the news, games. I feel, we've been I feel like Jonathan and I covered this last week that that uh, we're not. No, no, no. See, the thing is, like, the main show is the number for a while. We were the number one podcast. I don't on think we were because there was no main show for yeah, a while. It's called Geekscape, but it wasn't been running there. for like it's been running since I was like. In my early teens. Yeah. Um, I bet John loves to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but for a while, we were the number one podcast. Now we've just dipped down to the number two podcast. Did you listen to last one... week's Geekscape? Because we decided that we weren't even the number three podcast. See, it, goes Geekscape. We the... it goes Geekscape, uh, Geekscape Horror Club, the next podcast that starts on the Geekscape Network, and then Geekscape <laughs> Games. And I believe We're it, still, really. It's pretty, like, it was, pr- I felt like it was pretty accurate. Like, it wasn't well, offensive or anything. I was like, no, you're right. Absolutely. Well, according to Ranker, we're still the best video game podcast ever. In existence. And what network Ranker. are we on? What network are we on? The Geekscape Network. So we're the number one video game podcast on the Geekscape Network. We talk about news from the last week, <laughs> games we're playing. We have an awesome mission objective for you. And there's just going to be rambling. Not a lot of Destiny news this week, unless Juan wants to get into it. There was a couple no, patches. Fuck Destiny. No. Just <laughs> and, fuck it. Shut <laughs> the fuck case, up. And in case you needed any more reason to stick around with us, we got some free shit to give away this week. We got a well, lot of free shit to too. give away. Yeah, it's some good shit. It's a good shit. Um, uh, this is the new shit. Uh, stand up and get ripped. Uh, like the uh, Rob Zombie lyrics. I've made that joke on the show before. All right, let's get into it. Not a lot happened this last week, has it? It was a really slow a week. Pretty slow news week. Um, I guess the only thing that's because everyone's been too busy playing fucking th- rhythm games. 
first like, time in years. Everyone's been too busy fucking. I'm like, have they? Is, is that an epidemic in the video game like market right now? What? Just probably, like, probably not. No, no fucking. <laughs> oh, I paused um, before I said rhythm games. I, I just noticed Juan's name on Zencaster. Stand by it. <laughs> what? Do you have a problem with Drake? It's so funny that Drake is coming up right now because, like, I think it was the other day when, like, John, I think it was when Jonathan and I were going up the Grouse Grind, which is a thing that you can climb in Vancouver. Um, for some reason, Degrassi came up and they, we were talking about Drake and how Drake had started on Degrassi and how Degrassi, like, you couldn't really get it in the States, but you could, like, find ways to watch it if you really wanted to. And it dealt with way heavier shit than the U.S., like, teen high school dramas we're dealing with. Well, they I never used to the play show. Degrassi on like morning Noggin. television over here. It was on oh, really? Noggin, that like teen Nickelodeon like extra. Is it called premium? It's called Noggin. Yeah, yeah it was I Noggin remember, for yeah, a I remember it. I remember it being on Noggin, but it would be on like our local, my local, like one of the local channels here. Like after all the cartoons are over, Degrassi would pr- play right after. Like right after Bob the Builder, fucking Degrassi. Yeah. No, it was like right after Yu Gi Oh. Or Liberty's Kids, actually. Yeah, it was right after Liberty's Kids. Liberty's Kids! Kid. <laughs> what the fuck is Liberty's Kids? <laughs> you don't, you must don't know Must be a Liberty's US-only thing. Well, no. yeah, a Canadian um, wouldn't know about Liberty's Kids. <laughs> it's got you there. Anyway, you know who doesn't know about Liberty? This is a games podcast, right? Hideo Kojima. Uh, but he does know about Liberty now because... Sons of Liberty? Tons of, uh, tons of Liberty, Sons Son, of Liberty. Sons of Liberty. Sons of Liberty. <laughs> is what I well, say. Tons of Liberty, too. <laughs> Um, you guys are just killing my segues. Like sons of sons of liberty. We should we should have called the podcast the one where Shane points out all the segues. Oh wait, that's every so episode. Every podcast, <laughs> every episode. So anyway, Hideo drama. Um, it's been a very interesting couple of weeks. Year. Uh, well, in the last couple of weeks. It's been an interesting year. It's been an interesting year. Um, the New Yorker of all places. Which has anyone noticed that a lot of these um. I guess established um, news outlets are talking a lot about video games. Forbes, like, you know what I'm no- Yeah, I was gonna say when- Forbes pops up as like the first option every time I search for a game lately. It must have been weird just me saying the word Forbes and then I just die out. Yeah, Forbes. Forbes. It's because it's because video games are mainstream now, guys. Now just happened. I think I think my mic is peaking really bad. You sound fine. Oh well, Zencaster is looking very angry at me, but I think that's I'm always loud, so. And my mic keep. Oh God, I hate this mic. Anybody wants to like donate get a new to mic? Patreon? Just get a new mic. I'll get a new mic. I'll get a new mic. Uh, Marco Arment actually had a great list of the best podcast mics, and one of them on there was actually very affordable. It was like twelve dollars or something. Well, it was a long list, but it was like this is a great podcast mic for twelve dollars. Like I wouldn't expect it. It's a great article actually. As a sound guy, I think you'd be interested in it. I'll be uh, uh, so Hideo Kojima. We should probably start talking about video games. Yeah, it's, uh, seven, it's seven minutes, minutes in. in. So Hideo Kojima is a guy who's made some video games. Recently made uh, Metal Gear Solid V. Um, not five. Not five. It's V. Um, uh, but the New Yorker wrote an article that uh, a few uh, a few weeks ago on the ninth, um, Kojima had his going away party from his Japanese studio, and they they went in the article went in. Uh, they had an insider that that said you know the, uh, the president of uh, of uh, uh, Konami wasn't there. Um, the, the CEO wasn't there and everybody was kind of happy, but it was a somber, somber moment. Um, and his non-compete clause, uh, is up in December. So he becomes a free agent. 
And the article went in to talk about a lot of stuff that we, um, that we in the industry as a video game journalists, um, or know that, you know, Konami sees the money in, uh, mobile games and pachinko and uh, slot machines. If this gambling, I, I don't know if it got passed or not, but if the gambling bill in Japan gets passed, they really want to move away from these larger triple uh, um, uh, A console titles. Well, um, uh, one thing, I, one thing I, I read in there is that they, their first mobile freemium microtransaction game was 80%. Like it increased their, their profits 80 percent from 2012 to, to now and that's why they basically retired from real video games Absolutely. not that i'm sorry not that mobile games are not real video games but like big triple a expensive to produce years in the making titles like yeah i mean it's like you're like we're like fuck konami because they're canceling all the shit we love but in turn you know they're a business and in terms of making money they're doing the smartest thing possible that possibly no other game company has the ball to do and well, it's sad, but no, it's no, true. No, well, how is that? How is that having the balls to be like we're just going to make mobile games now because that what makes money? That's like, you know, because literally when you know, like when that not that they actually said that, but basically are doing it. Everyone now is like fuck Konami, except for the super casual gamer who probably doesn't even know what Konami is and just downloads these games because they're in the top of Google Play or the top of the uh, App Store and they put their money into it. What were you gonna say, Josh? Oh no, I was going to say that I me- I mean I've talked about this before but it just this it's just a weird concept to me that developing games nowadays means that they have to be quote unquote AAA and they have to be expensive. I mean well, Shovel I mean, Knight, I mean Shovel Knight's proof of anything that a game could become huge as long as the gameplay is great and it doesn't have to be some super elaborate ultra expensive my, Minecraft. Well, like the fact that like things like like Tomb Raider was the Tomb Raider reboot that was considered a failure because it only sold this many million copies or something like that. Yeah. It was supposed to, that's insane. Yeah. Like they projected that it was going to sell 3 million units at the end of the month it launched, but it launched like I think a week before the end of the month. So their projections were literally that they expected to sell 3 million units in a week. So they, they plan to beat every record that ever existed since the beginning of video games. Right, and then they're touting how it failed to meet their expectations because it only sold like 1.5 million in a week. Sounds like something Ubisoft would do or say. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't, it's like it's for the most part, it's like the whole industry. At least every major publisher seems to be going down this route, and it's kind of ridiculous because they're setting themselves up for failure, and then they back out and say, "Oh, well, I guess we can't. We need to focus more on mobile games because this is too expensive." But Using your Ubisoft example, and I'm pretty sure I brought this up before too, but I remember the year that the Xbox One was coming out and the whole DRM controversy was kind of going all over the place. And then you had certain developers like defending it and saying, well, they need to make money because games are so expensive. They need to find other ways to like get more money out of used games or to prevent like renting and that kind of thing. And then the example that I think it was Cliffy B, the example that he used was like, oh, they have teams of like 500 people or something like that working on Assassin's Creed. And that costs a lot of money. And my, and like a few months prior at Comic-Con, they had rented out that pirate ship oh, to promote so Assassin's so Creed good. for Black Flag. Hey. And yeah, I mean, that's, that's all well and good, but you can't tell me that they're struggling for money while simultaneously renting out a pirate ship for two days. Well, I, 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 I doubt, I doubt renting the pirate ship cost 
at the end. Of, I mean, it was the pirate ship was fucking expensive as shit. It had they have an advertising budget. These companies have advertising budgets, so they're oh. like, okay, our, our advertising budget is X amount of dollars. We've already budgeted for that money. What are we going to spend it on? A fucking pirate ship. If their budget runs out. They 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 still spent their advertising budget regardless well, I mean, of what after, they spent it on. After the pirate ship, now they've been doing the Assassin's Creed experience for the last two years, which looks expensive as hell too. Yeah, yeah, and I mean it's not just the pirate ship, but like you said, like their marketing budget, and it's just like Did when you ever go up, Derek. Uh, actually, it's going up tonight because uh, we forgot about it, and then it was too <laughs> late to post it after Comic Con. Uh, so now we're tying it in with the release of Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Oh, fuck, God, you're smart. It's that good Canadian television <laughs> with Drake on it. I don't have I don't have TV, actually. Yeah, but you grew up with Drake's aura being shot. I've never Canadian watched Degrassi, aura. actually. I didn't know, like, I didn't know Degrassi. I didn't know that Drake was on Degrassi until Jonathan told me. Hmm. I thought everybody knew that Drake was on Degrassi. I don't really even know who Drake is. Juan, do you want to tell us who Drake is? He's a guy who cancels shows because there's a technical difficulty, but he probably just got drunk. That's hey, that's being, assu- that's, be- that's being assumptive. No, <laughs> that's not what you. He was the guy. Right. He was the guy who performed at the E3 or EA's E3 conference a few years ago. <laughs> Drake got to him. <laughs> so Drake played at E3. He played at E3 like two years ago. I think I think it was 2013's EA press conference because I was sitting there waiting for uh, Mirror's Edge 2 announcement. This is before it was official. And I don't even remember what he was there for, but Drake was there. Hmm. I have a picture of the so stage with a big... Oh, come next year. I don't know. I don't know. It's it's too expensive. Quit buying Amiibos then. I, I did. I didn't <laughs> buy the Yoshis. I did not buy the Yoshi Amiibos. You're going to? No, they're sold out, Shane. They're sold out forever. <laughs> forever. They're forever. Do you... Uh, Okay, let's close up this, this Hideo story real quick. Um, the we just, haven't even talked about the Hideo story. <laughs> base, but the big, the interesting thing was um, uh, the CEO, like Konami itself, was like um, Hideo is still working for us. He's just taking a break. Um, uh, we don't know what that thing was when, in reference to the, the going away party. It's like <laughs> it's like we 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 don't know what it was. And then um, the guy who wrote the New Yorker article was like, oh. Here's a picture that I got and posted a picture of an obvious going away party. I mean, like everyone's like saluting and Konami's excuse was, uh, uh, oh, you know, it's typical. These, these, these long video, uh, console development cycles, you know, the they team tire just, them out. We got, yeah, go, they got to go on vacation afterwards yeah, and then but, not make silent Hills. Yeah. But then the, but the game got, when did the game come out? End of September. Yeah, so the game had to have been gone gold. But I think they were working. They would have been working on online still after that because it did not launch with the game. Correct? Uh, it just, did just not. Launched. It did not. Okay, that's true. All right. Well, I thought they were just being weird. It, this the whole Kojima Konami thing. It, like it's been going on for so long now, and it's so weird. <laughs> like it's got to be like the weirdest, like the weirdest ongoing video game company controversy like ever like nobody like they're both so secretive about what's happening or not happening and the fact still the fact that like did did you guys see i think it was last week um somebody asked uh you know guillermo del toro was doing press for crimson peak which is phenomenal uh but he was doing press for crimson peak and somebody asked him about silent hills again he said like quote it made no fucking sense that they canceled that game um like, like, like that was an actual quote from him, and uh, it's. It, I still get sad every time I think about it. Don't think about well, it. Then. Uh, 
Don't think about it. It's just that easy. It's not um, that easy, you guys. Yeah, no, that's what everyone is like when I when I you know you get depressed about your ex girlfriends. Like, just don't think about it. It's not that easy. Yeah, and that's why I've I been so close. You'll, you'll get her so back, close. buddy. Don't worry. I've been so close to deleting PT off our PlayStation just to see what Megan says. <laughs> she do says it. divorce. You can never get it back. She says divorce. <laughs> <laughs> that's the so only reason be, I haven't done it yet. You'd be like my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I get that uh, lucky. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's it. Um, okay, let's 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 move on. Uh, Derek, bring us back from this complete like sham of Konami and all that stuff. <laughs> With uh, um, so Activision uh, announced today. So I've you know the last couple of weeks I've been talking a little bit about Tony Hawk's Pro Skater Five, which I still have not written a review for. Do you want to know why, guys? Because you have it's so fun it? that you can't. Because I'm having words. too much fun with it. Wow, I'm having too much fun playing the game. You know what? And I got, guitar, said, and I got guitar Hero live yesterday, so that took up my whole evening. But well, when, uh, I said, when I said that just now, that was a joke. So I'm surprised that <laughs> that, that was your. Oh, did it, is that what you said? You good. cut out for me. Did you say you were having fun? Did I say? Did you say because I was having fun? Yeah, because I said because you, you couldn't put into words how much fun you were having with it. So I mean, and as I've said the last couple of weeks, levels uninspired as fuck. Music forgettable as hell. But well, the, it's not, don't don't you shut your mouth about the music because that is a solid soundtrack. The physics and the way the game, like the way that the characters feel and move and and the tricks, um, it feels as close to classic Tony Hawk as it has in a number of years. And I've played a lot of Tony Hawk. Like I think Tony Hawk Two is probably the most I've ever played a video game. Like you know, that's counting like you know dozens and dozens of hours for final fantasy games and everything like that like i think that tony hawk i like i've played tony hawk more i'm still having fun with it uh one day the review will get up and it'll state that um there's a lot of problems um but hopefully activision is fixing that and activision actually today announced that they're delaying the ps3 and xbox 360 versions of the game not because there's more issues with those versions of the game but because they want to fix the current gen version uh, so the announcement just came this morning. Um, yeah, they basically said, so So speaking with Eurogamer, Euro uh, there was an Activision representative that said, we are working closely with our developers to address the issues identified by our community. Our development resources are fully focused on fixes and content updates for PS4 and Xbox One. So we have decided to delay the release of Tony Hawk's Pro Skater 5 for PS3 and Xbox 360. We will update the community when we have more specific information about a release date for those consoles. So... I mean, it's ridiculous and and pathetic that this is even necessary, that they need to postpone the last-gen release so that they can fix the current-gen release. But I I feel like I'm super glad that they're even even doing it or even doing anything because the the rampant speculation when uh, 20 Hex Pro Skater 5 released a few weeks back was that it was just a... You know, you know, because they announced it, it, they announced it, and it released fairly quickly after that, with very little marketing. You know, release, uh, sorry, review copies did not release until the actual game came out. Like it was, I didn't, fa- I, didn't even, I didn't even think of the like the lack of marketing. Very little marketing. I, I like, like aside from the actual trailers that I specifically looked for, I didn't see anything. I didn't see a single advertisement. Like, like nothing whatsoever. Like I, I saw a lot of comments from a lot of people that were like. I had no idea this was coming out and now it's like released. Um, 
But, you know, it was there was some a lot of rampant speculation that it was just a quick cash grab because, as we know, the Act- Activision's license for Tony Hawk expires at the end of this year. So they won't be able to, to, to produce any more games unless they renew it. Tony Hawk being not as big of a, you know, of a name, a household name as he was in the 90s. I, you know, who knows if that's going to happen or if, if they will try to renew it or if Tony Hawk will even be interested in renewing it after the last number of Tony Hawk games. But the fact that they're, you know, the fact instead of instead of releasing and forgetting about this title, the fact that they're delaying the previous generation version to try to fix the issues that people are having with the with with the current gen version, uh, I, I feel like that's really good. And and had it just had they and had, had they planned it to be just a quick cash grab, I don't think we would see that. Well, maybe. Well, I don't know. Um... Like we're not going to release this. Like, like if it was a cash grab, they would be like, "We're going to release the old version, like the previous gen version, as fast as possible to grab more of your cash." But instead, they're delaying it. Like, it, I, I think, look. I think the 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 negative the negative news is out there, and they were forced into it. It feels, but the negative news is still going to be. You know, that negative news is not going to like people were negative about the game and have forgotten about the game already. That that negative news is not going to turn into positive news when they fix it, I don't think that, you know, I don't think that them fixing the current gen version is going to help sales of the last gen version. So like, you know, I think that the, in terms of financials and in terms of money and, and and copies sold, the best thing to do would be to release the previous gen versions as fast as possible and hope that people buying them didn't read the reviews of the current gen version or didn't see the reviews of the previous gen version that are sure to come out. Hmm. Well, the thing is, I was thinking, what if it goes the way of Mortal Kombat X, where they keep delaying the previous gen version, saying that they're fixing it, and then they eventually cancel it? It's true, and I thought about that, but the like the actual reason for them canceling the previous gen mor- version of Mortal Kombat X is because they said that that version specifically wasn't up to their, you know, what they were hoping for for the title, whereas this delay you know, they're, they're delaying it. They, you know, they stated they're delaying it not because of those versions, but because they're plan- like all of their resources are, are focused on fixing the current gen version, you know, so that, that previous gen version is more of an afterthought. Right. I, I still need to pick the game up. Um, Redbox has it. It's uh, fun. I'm having, like, I'm having a lot of fun with it still. And that's, again, I was really excited for it. Reviews came out. I was so you know, and in in you guys heard like I was like, this is going to be different, guys. Like this is going to be you know, it's going to be awesome again. Like it's going to be what it used to be. And I don't know why I thought that, but I did. And then I started reading reviews and got you know super disappointed about the fact that you know all these reviews are coming out awful, and those severely lowered my expectations. And I was actually happy. <laughs> it was a lot better than I expected it to be after reading all of those reviews. Well, it's good that it was a. Um... Uh, it was a surprise. Uh, it was a pleasant surprise that it wasn't as bad as uh, you thought. Yeah. Uh, what is a not pleasant surprise is how bad Pokemon Tournament is doing in Japanese arcades. Um, apparently, the arcade version of the Pokemon Tekken uh, tournaments uh, uh, arcade uh, cabinets are getting removed because it is um, they aren't making money back from their uh, from the initial inve- investments. Um, is it because Yokai Watch has has taken over Pokemon in Japan? N- now, now I don't know what the hell Yokai Watch is, and I expect 
Josh I don't tells. know what the hell Yokai Watch is, but it looks awesome. How did you know it was taking over Pokemon in Japan if you didn't know what Yokai Watch was? Because I read that it was taking over Pokemon and that the Japan- Japanese version of po- uh, Yokai Watch sold over 8 million copies. Yeah, I can see that. Well, you know, the game, it, it, the report says that it's from one specific arcade that announced it's going to pull it. Um, but the article kind of overreaches a bit. It's, it doesn't say that all the arcades are pulling it. Um, there has been some comments from some of the uh, more vocal Japanese fighting game enthusiasts that don't like it. Uh, and, you know, Tekken, because it, it, it's pretty much the Tekken me- uh, mechanics. So um, it's not going to follow your traditional Street Fighter or Marvel vs. Capcom or hell, not even Smash Brothers format. So if it's kind of like more in the lines of Virtua Fighter, where you have like the entire 360 degree type of arena to fight. So, you know, at first, I mean, with the roster of only 10 characters, which by the way is kind of normal for the first iteration of a fighting game. I mean, if we look back to the original Street Fighter or even Street Fighter 2, like I think, what do we have to start off with? Eight? Yeah, Street Fighter 2 only had eight characters. Yeah, it had eight characters. Ken Ryu, well, Blanca, it, well, it Guile, 12, Chun Li, E Honda, Dalsim, and. Zangief? Zangief, yeah. Well, well, well. Let me let me play devil's advocate on on, on that because that was something that um, I saw a lot of people talking about. It was its tiny roster. Um, is that uh, and I don't know if it's a limitation of arcades, uh, like the actual like arcade cabinet. It shouldn't be. But how many fucking Pokemon exist? Well, there's over seven hundred, but the th- but twenty. So- yeah, seven hundred twenty. Yeah, well, yeah, specifically. But the, when you're when you come, what the point is when you're making a fighting game though. Uh, you want balance issues. Like when the very first Smash Brothers, you had a smaller roster with every iteration of Smash Brothers, the roster gets bigger and bigger. Now we have a roster of over 50 because, um, you know, you just have to make sure every character is balanced because you don't want to have a situation where you throw in 30 characters and only four of them are actually any good. You know, so that's true. So for, for this, no, trust me, at first I thought, well, you know, that shitload of Pokemon, you could absolutely go up to at least 12 right hell you have six pokemon in smash brothers wii u i mean and this arcade only has 10 but then if you know you're understanding okay it's a new fighting mechanic this is not smash brothers it's not even street fighter they're going with the tekken mechanic we introduced just 10 let people play with those 10 because you know if you went even you know 20 there would be some pokemon that would com- be completely ignored and there are some fighting games out there that have a gigantic roster take king of fighters for example Oh yeah, King of Fighters has a tremendous roster, and, and I have that game. But there's some characters I haven't even touched yet to use because it's just just it's an overload. You want to start off small. Now uh, it'll be interesting to see how this game performs in the West, where you have a tremendous amount of Pokemon fans who, and you know, it's only uh, we're only a few months away. It's out spring, so next season it's out. Uh, I know I'm going to pick it up just for the sake that it's Pokemon actually beating each other up. And um, we'll see how it performs here. Uh, it's how I, it's how I want uh, I wanted Pokemon Stadium to be. Yeah, I mean mm. that's they yeah, are. This is ever since we had Pokemon Stadium back in Nintendo sixty four. This is what ultimately we wanted, right? Uh, none of this like using your imagination to imagine the Pokemon hitting each other. We saw them hit each other in the cartoon show. Like that's what we wanted for the what the last 10, 12 years. But you know now we're so- getting it. So. I, I'm going to reserve judgment on this because I'm, I'm sure that the people who are making these comments about the game being garbage and it only has 10 characters, it's not even worth having, and we're losing money. Uh, I mean, this, the game hasn't hit worldwide status yet. It hasn't reached the West. 
once it hits here, once it reaches our round ones and our Dave and Buster's, then if it underperforms, then yeah, we can go ahead and call it a day with the game and shelve it. But you know, Nintendo's not going to quit. They are they're they are releasing the game. They're not deviating from the plan, and we're going to see a huge marketing push once January February hit. The whole beginning of the first quarter is going to belong to Pocket. Yeah, but our our the U.S. arcade market is is a a tenth of what the Japanese arcade market is. True. So if if it's if it's performing bad there, then I mean, see, but that's again, we have to go back. That's just one arcade, and that's they, no other arcade has made an announcement that they're going to be pulling their machines out of you know out of the the store. So uh, I'm going to reserve my judgment on the failures of this game until we see it like a massive, you know, recall, but you know, the, I'm sure they'll have like, say for round one here in California, they'll have at least two, one or two machines here and Nintendo will have some kind of event. I mean, this is the first time we're getting a, you know, fighting game, Nintendo style, you know, in the arcades for quite some time. I can't remember the last time we, I don't even know if they've ever done that before. Um, but you know, I know a lot of people are looking forward to this and Nintendo's going to market the hell out of it. And, you know, at the end, it's Pokemon. You know, yeah. You know, so m- maybe the Marvel versus Capcom, the Evo, the MLG players aren't going to play it, but I bet you a bunch of ten-year-olds will. Yeah, you know? yeah. And so, I mean, some parents are going to see so, it on the shelf. You tell me, a parent sees Pokemon on for the Wii U, and they're not going to pick it up for their kid. And you know, somehow Nintendo is going to ha- have amiibo support of, to some degree. And if there's only if there are only ten fighters, maybe some DLC down the road with that Luchador Pikachu. You tell me a Luchador Pikachu amiibo is not going to sell. That's that's true. And Nintendo's so, going to find no. a way to make money off this thing, despite those Japanese hardcore players. They're going to make money off of this. And I'll tell you right now, October twenty second, they released that Luchador Pikachu. I am all over that. <laughs> I will buy the game and just play as that character. Hell, I'm declaring Pikachu Luchador Pikachu. My main done. All right. Well, so um, we'll have no, to play uh, then because oh, we'll have to play then because I'm mad at Lucha Pikachu being in before the actual Luchador Pokemon. Oh, oh Luchador <laughs> Pokemon. Yeah, like like with Pokemon, it started off looking like it was going to be mostly fighting type Pokemon to fit the fighting game theme, and then after a while, they just started adding like Suicune and Pikachu and a bunch of like I guess more iconic ones, but mm-hmm. less like fighting focused. And then I was, but I figured. They would want to have some kind of representation from Pokemon X and Y since it's the newest one. So, like, Halucha would be a no-brainer because it's like a fighting I'm looking, type. I'm looking at Halucha. It is the wrestling Pokemon. And yeah, exactly. its name Its name in Japanese is Lucha Bull. Yeah, exactly. So, like, we have an actual Lucha Pokemon, but then a second Pikachu wearing a Lucha mask got in first. So that sucks. So back to the topic at hand. Uh, what is Yokai Watch and how cool is it? <laughs> it's made by level five. Cool. That's cool. What? 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 The name is familiar. What do they make? They did um, Dark Cloud. They did Nino Kuni. They do Professor Layton. Basically, all the coolest games. But you you mentioned Nino Kuni. Yeah, Nino Kuni is amazing. You need to reevaluate your definition of amazing. Did you play Nino Kuni? Did you try to play Nino Kuni? I didn't. Nope. Have PlayStation Three. Anyway, so what's Yokai, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's. I guess it's similar to Pokemon in a way. It's like you catch, not catch. You befriend uh, yokai, which are different like kinds of demons and spirits and that kind of thing. And the battle system on it is really interesting because it's like a it's a it's essentially a turn based RPG. But you have like a little wheel where you can have three party members in the back row and three party members in the front row, and you rotate the wheel to like constantly 
move your party in and out of the front lines of the battle. And the default attacks, everyone just consistently auto attacks, but you can trigger uh, special attacks that will have you either trace designs on the touchpad or tap certain icons or spin the spin a wheel on it to like build up energy to like unleash stronger attacks. And just, I feel like the game from the little bit that we've got to experience, and I think a demo came out for it today. So if oh, really? you guys, yeah. So if you guys or anyone else who's listening wants to try it out for themselves, um, the eShop should have it up by now, but I w- I'm definitely going to check that out on my new 3ds because I, when I switched, uh, when I moved from Vancouver Island to Vancouver, I traded my couch for the Majora's Mask new 3DS, so I'm pretty stoked on that. <laughs> what a weird... It's like those stories of like the guy that's like, he started with a paperclip, but ended a house. <laughs> I started with a couch. I started with money, and then I traded that money for a couch, and then I traded that couch for a new 3DS. It's basically the same story. Yeah. No, but like... That sounds pretty cool, actually. Yeah, and then the way that you find, since they're supposed to be invisible unless you use your, as the name your is called, your yokai watch. watch. Oh, that's um, so cool. You can use the touchscreen to, like, kind of detect where the invisible spirits are and, like, draw them out into the open so that you can battle them. Hmm. Uh, have you been watching the anime, and how is it? No, and oh. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. <laughs> you, you mentioned drawing symbols on the touchpad, and that reminded me of Trauma Center, where is Trauma Center? Dead. Forever? Pretty much. But it's amazing. Like Metal Gear? <laughs> like Silent Hill? <laughs> <laughs> Both um, of those amazing dead series? Yeah. Uh, about dead things. Uh, do we have Do we have any any like other news topics to touch on? Uh, I have some Battlefront stuff to talk oh, about. Oh, let's not talk about Battlefront ever again after yeah, last no. week. Um, oh, well, this is, <laughs> this is Battlefront 3 stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. So- so Trillion God of Destruction got announced this week for the West. What is Trillion God of Destruction, you ask? <laughs> it's a I, I did. Game. Yes, I do. I did. <laughs> What's a Vita, you ask? I don't know. <laughs> it's, a, it's a long lost console by, made by the Sony Computer Entertainment Japan. It's the console that Sony doesn't remember exists. Um, but the reason why I caught my eye is because it has this really interesting concept, or it's essentially a strategy RPG. But the reason it's called Trillion God of Destruction is because your characters are basically being like controlled by the God of Destruction who has a trillion HP. And when oh he's when he's away, you secretly like train with your other party members to get stronger and to eventually whittle him down to zero. So his 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 health is one trillion. Yes. And it's persistent every time you run into him? I from the way it sounds, yes, but it sounds like you're supposed to avoid him, and then when he's not around or asleep or whatever, is you and your party go out to train and level up, and kind of like so, building up your strength in secret, so eventually you can try to gather up your strength and take him down. And there's supposed to be like really cool, and there's supposed to be like ten different endings and a new game plus that carries over your progress. So it sounds like one of those games where you're meant to fucking die a thousand times before on your like tenth attempt you're finally able to do it. But yeah, most importantly. Your troops are led by uh, one of six different overlords, each um, each of which are potential waifus that you can date in between yes! training. <laughs> yes, of course they are. Of fucking course they are. <laughs> so, I was wondering when we were going to get to the waifus this episode. <laughs> yes, we didn't there, needs to be, 
There needs to be a drinking game like Minutes to Waifu on Geekscape Games podcast. <laughs> I'm playing the it number right one now. video game podcast. I, I, I'm playing right now. <laughs> Are you? A little bit. Oh, we need we we need another drunk cast. We need another drunk cast. Mean that wasn't a moderate. drunk cast. That was just me. I'm like, I just got back from a Canada Day party and I'm intoxicated. It wasn't a drunk <laughs> cast. I was the only one. <laughs> where you where you profusely apologize to Juan for interrupting him by interrupting him with your apology. No, I actually I was really embarrassed, so I didn't listen to the episode. I just remember I just remember talking about like nine eleven. I just remember talking about like nine eleven and stuff like that. And I was like, I'm never going to listen to that because I I I, I was probably infinitely offensive. Not and still not as offensive as Shane. Hey, that's true. <laughs> On a regular sober day. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, you know, um, Trillion looks like a pretty cool game. Look at this. Oh, so many waifus. Can't even. I can't even. You know, real real girls exist, Shane. Yeah, but they break your heart. That's true. I'll give you that. <laughs> well, those well, snake charmers. Video game waifus can break your heart, but then you just reload your save. Yeah. Yeah. In the perfect world. Uh, yeah. Uh, news? Any? I mean, I, else so Assassin's Creed. The uh, review embargo lifted on Assassin's Creed Syndicate. Reviews are kind of all across the board, but largely positive. Actually, um, have you guys been reading any other reviews? I've read no. about reactions to the reviews, but not the reviews themselves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like I've read a few because I have a super boring job. Um, so I've read a few, and you know they're like, oh, this, you know, this That's is a rich- Shaw Cable. Everybody, employee of Shaw Cable Canada. You're gonna get me fired. <laughs> um, so to sell that that 3ds to pay for rent. <laughs> that's hilarious! Yay! <laughs> Isn't that funny? You're like I, I love. I'm laughing at your torment. Your torment. Hey, your your hey. suffering is so hilarious to me. Uh, in any case, from you know, I've read a bunch of I read a bunch of reviews at work today, and. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and they were uh, largely talking about how Syndicate feels like a return to form for the series after the huge, huge misstep that was uh, Unity, which came out last year. Um, and then they released a launch trailer today, and it looks actually pretty cool. Not that I'll ever play it because I have like seven open world games that I'll probably never touch again, but really would like to touch again. Um, but it looks kind of cool. And uh, the fact that they were like, oh, we fucked up last year and we're removing multiplayer and we're skipping females, but here's a transgender character. And like, you know, there, wait, there, was, that- a, there was a tranny in, in Assassin's Creed. In I one. think in Syndicate there is there, you know, they like to make up for the lack of female characters in Unity. They're like, oh, we're going in one step further. Here's a transgender character. But still no women. No, I'm just kidding. But, I don't know. <laughs> There's probably women. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, Assassin's Creed has been a really good series. Uh, you know, three kind of was not very good. Um, but then four was largely regarded Four is still re- largely regarded as the best game. Um, and then of course there was unity, which is, it was a buggy mess. Um, and, and, you know, they've tried to fix that and come back from that. And, and I've heard from what i've read i've read mostly good things about syndicate and it sounds actually really interesting and london is a really cool setting i i i I wish i mean they the original attempts or attempts or the goal of assassin's creed was 
to have this game where you play assassins from all over the world, but it turned into let's just play assassins from Europe. Yeah, constantly. Yeah, and and it's it's I don't know. I it's getting. And, what about and America, Shane? There was a there was an assassin in in America, and it, it was, was so was boring. Was, but that was when it was still it was under so the control boring. of the British. Yeah, it was it was still technically Europe. Well, not no, not Europe. But, but it was like a Britain. it was like a Native American dude. Assassin's Creed and everyone and everyone hated that game. <laughs> I, I liked it. I think you're the first. It was so boring. There was no building. It. Like the buildings were like four feet high. There's nothing to climb except like trees. And then it was like, oh, I'm gonna run this way on the tree. And then it was like, oh, there's no other tree there, so I'm gonna fall to the ground. Assassin's oh, Creed. Oh, and now I have to catch hunt. one. And now I have to hunt Assassin's animals two. to to. To do stuff, I don't even really remember, but it was boring. That you was a boring hear? game. But- I'm gonna tell the funniest story ever. Is that I was playing that game, and um, I was drinking, and um, like like you do, and I remember at the very end there was a there's a chase through some docks after like the main bad guy. I remember starting that mission, and then I remember coming to during the credits. Coming so I had on a amiibo? Bo- I, <laughs> no, I I had a I had a good old fashioned brownout. <laughs> So I don't know how I, I have no Creed, idea what that means. Like it's it's like blacking out, but like you you come to and you, you shit yourself. God damn it, Derek! God damn it! You're taking away like the the pleasure of telling a funny story. Is this like like what did I do to you besides get you fired? Got him blackout. Drunk. I want to talk about that on air. <laughs> Assassin's Creed Eugene Oregon. You made me miss the Power Rangers. I didn't do shit. Anyway, I still don't know how Assassin's Creed Three ended. All I remember is credits. I don't think anybody does. <laughs> Didn't the world end or was going to end? Nobody. Nobody. I'm sure it's uh, going to end at some point. It, uh, oh, man, we really need more news to keep this show going. Well, we have uh, a couple more things to talk about. Let's, let's, let's get into it before we get into what we've been playing. Assassin's Creed like how, like how <laughs> Delaware. Assassin's that's a, that's Creed a, 2000. That's a Mega 64 reference in case anybody's a fan. Oh. Delaware. No, I missed that. Speaking of, wait, 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 speaking of Mega 64, did you guys see that? I haven't watched Metagross? Mega 64 since my mid-teens. <laughs> <laughs> Have you, did you guys see their Metal Gear Solid 5 skit? No. No. I saw their Tetris skit in my mid-teens. <laughs> their Metal Gear Solid 5 skit, it was funny, I guess. I, I don't know. <laughs> Josh, what are you, what's going on? Um, just about harmonics was caught posting positive reviews for their own game on Amazon. What? Oh, that is great. It's like your mom posting like comments on your match.com profile. I mean, (laughs) does that happen? I've never heard of that before, but that's amazing. (laughs) I I feel like this was super funny because so, so bell, which is a telephone provider, uh, as well as satellite television provider in Canada. Um, they actually just were fined, I think, uh, $125 or $150 million by the, like, Canada's, like, competition board, which is apparently a thing, because when they launched their, like, new ver- newest version of, like, them, like, the Bell, like, My Account app for uh, iOS and Android, they apparently like basically forced employees to go and post positive reviews uh competition board deemed that was anti-competitive and they fined them like 150 million dollars i don't know why that's interesting but i thought it (laughs) it's kind of similar obviously you got a new president prime minister Minister. but yes they don't they don't have presidents because they are under all all any like literally all anyone's all that anyone's been talking about since monday night when it was announced that like he won is how good looking he is 
Well, and that's all that matters, right? In my of America, course, basically. <laughs> and did you, did, did you vote for him, Derek? I'm not going to get into who I voted for. Why not? No one he didn't vote. It was a private. We're all, secret we're all ballot. Americans. We don't care. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I voted for Obama. <laughs> Uh, and you know what? Voted for um, Twix. And <laughs> vote for Pedro. But you know what? Whoever whoever won the election, you can probably be sure that he voted for himself, just like Harmonix reviewed them. <laughs> there we go. Bring us, bring us back together. Bring us back together. <laughs> On Amazon. And I don't know, it's weird because the last time that I can remember this happening was when Dragon Age 2 was getting slammed. So EA had a bunch, or Bio, I think it was BioWare. But EA and BioWare both got flack because a bunch of uh, BioWare employees started doing user reviews on Metacritic and giving it a 10 out of 10 and saying uh, like, oh, but they were like trying to pose as, as gamers or like as users. So it was just like, oh, these professional reviews don't know what they were talking about. Like, it's so great. This is the greatest game ever. Please buy it. <laughs> and people found out. I think it was like someone with the People same like, username. Hey, this isn't the greatest game ever. That must have been EA that posted that. This isn't no, I think it was something ever. weird. Like, I think it was something weird, like where the same guy, like the same username was copying and pasting the same review on different message boards as what was on. Oh, um, come on. on. Yeah. And then yeah. different aliases. That's yeah. such like Bush league right there. Yeah. And well, then, like, in this pasted. case, it's apparently in this case, it's apparently if you, like somebody clicked through the profile names and it actually like leads to the Amazon wish lists of all these like literally like real names that are on the harmonics team or something like that. It's re- <laughs> it's pretty crazy. Yeah. But what makes it weird compared to the dragon age controversy is that rock band Four rock is, band getting is actually good. good. Yeah. It was yeah. getting a lot of <laughs> positive buzz. So it's confusing as to why if they were trying to boost, hype for their own game it seems unnecessary because there was already a lot of positive buzz around the game and now it just kind of leaves and harmonics has a pretty good reputation with gamers i feel and while i don't have strong feelings about it one way or i mean i do in a way because it feels disingenuous but at the same time like i said they were already getting a lot of positive word from multiple other sources so it wasn't like with dragon age where they're trying to make a bad game look better than it is but this whole move because of that this whole move feels unnecessary and now it kind of puts a stain on their reputation i feel yeah like Har- uh, i, I no, feel like harmonics has was- always i i feel like harmonics has always had like just this you know like i feel like they're just this this honest small developer like yeah i mean they've they've made some of the biggest series you know like guitar hero and rock band were uh, like incredibly huge series but i i don't I forget like i because- grab did they do i the i toy games they did the anti-grav one where it was like you were like a skater like sliding across rails in space. Oh shit! Crap. Wow. And I mean, like frequency and amplitude were like I like I loved those games. Like those were the probably some of the first rhythm games that I played. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and they got that like harmonics got huge, but I feel like they always still felt like this little guy. Um, and I'm always I always was and still I'm always genuinely excited for anything that they talk about because. You know, aside from maybe an- iToy Antigrav, which I never played, but how how good could that really be? Like, I feel like they haven't <laughs> gone, like, steered us wrong yet. Yeah, and um, come to think of it, now that you, you know, go through all of those points, uh, maybe they were scared that the game wouldn't do well because, to my knowledge, that Rock Band 4 is the first game that they're essentially self-publishing. That's true. Mm, now, do you, th- do, you true. Think, do you think these reviews are a, like, official initiative or it's just, like random guys going out doing their thing 
It's hard to say, but it to me it doesn't really matter because regardless, now that the cat's out of the bag, people are going to see it as dishonest one way or another. So even if Harmonix themselves didn't, as a company, didn't ask them to do this, it's still going to be perceived that way. Well, no, which is um, isn't Amazon like going after people that were giving false reviews? Like there was a big class action lawsuit against uh, going on Seattle. I think, I think that was something about people that were selling reviews. Oh, okay. Or buying good. reviews, one of the two. Okay, so maybe, yeah, anyway. Uh, what do you say we get into what we've been playing? Perfect. Juan, what have you been playing? I've been playing Yoshi's Woolly World. Tell us all about it. It is, uh, Josh, you've been playing it too? Uh, yeah, last night. Uh, then feel free to jump in whenever you want, but uh, it's visual, the one of the most visually beautiful games I've played in a long time. And it's one and of- And he played Destiny. And I, yeah, and I play Destiny. Um, no, it, the, the game is absolutely gorgeous, and the extra time that they took to spend on the game sh- uh, shows. Uh, the the light is fantastic. The textures feel like you can almost feel the cloth and the yarn. Uh, it. My wife and I were playing it um, a couple days ago. It has this very cute charm about it. It's it reminds me a lot of uh, the Kirby game that came out not too long ago, Kirby's Epic Yarn. But mm-hmm. it's just the visuals. Kirby's epic. Oh, well, yeah, it was epic. Yarn. Yeah, epic yarn. Uh, it oh. has that sense. But the thing with epic yarn, you always had that sense that it was going to be very lighthearted and very easy to go through. Uh, Wasn't it Kirby and the Rainbow Curse? Yeah. Um, this title has that same aesthetic where it looks very um, non-threatening. But I just finished the first world and I opened up the special world. Holy crap! I played Runbow, which to me is the hardest platformer of the year. I mean, this is like uh, sadistic, um, masochistic people who love a challenge, who love to die over and over and over again just to beat it that one time. Yoshi's Woolly World, no joke, it has challenges. And the secrets that are hidden in it are so cleverly placed. And it it just puts a smile on your face when you figure it out, like how they um, set up the secrets and and the alternate paths. I can't say anything. And that's just over the first world. It, I played what? I think it was eight eight stages in the first world, not counting the boss fight. And uh, I, I can't say enough good things about it. I mean, this is how the rest of the game is going to be. And I, I'm going to go play it after this podcast is over. Um, yeah, I actually played more too, of this than Destiny. And then one thing, too, when you mentioned the difficulty is that they actually give you like end of level bonuses that count towards like your 100% completion. And one of them is to finish the stages with full health. Mm-hmm. And like the farther you get in the game, the harder it is to do that. Especially if you're playing with two players because it's so easy to swallow each other. Ha! Giggity. Ha! 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 And smack ha! Each- and like throw your eggs at each other and stuff. So I mean, it's <laughs> two like- players swallow fast. <laughs> <laughs> it, it makes it makes me yearn for uh, Yoshi's Story on the 64. This is like you remember how when Yoshi's Story came out, the biggest complaint about it was that it was too easy and too short. This game feels yeah. like a big middle finger to all those people. Really? Yeah, it's like, here's Yoshi, here's the Yoshi story you complained about. Have fun. Hope you enjoy having to buy your new TV when you put your remote through the, t- through the screen. <laughs> or just snap. I, I, I'm worried that someone... Well, this probably happens. Somebody rages out and just breaks the, the gamepad over their knee. That has to have happened somewhere. I'm sure it has. Absolutely. What else? Is that it, Juan? Nothing new? Um, aside from I still haven't had a chance to play um, Triforce Heroes, mainly because I wanted to play with two other people, and we never got a chance mm-hmm. to do that. 
Um, but the game's out tomorrow, so I'll just go ahead and pick it up. And if you guys are free, or if anybody else is planning to pick it up, uh, I would love to go through the game uh, with uh, with well, two of you guys. Absolutely. I, I, I forgot what I was just going to say. Halfway through saying it. <laughs> oh, my fever's coming back. Uh Derek, what drunken fever. Oh, um, so I have been playing. I can't remember if I talked about it, talked about it last week or not, but Minecraft Story Mode. Um, just really briefly, it's a lot of fun. Super. I, I didn't know what to expect because it's an all ages game. Um, you know, you know, it's like like it's for for families and like little kids can play it. And so the decisions that you have to make are not nearly as tough or as like heartbreaking or as they will literally stick with you forever as they are in like games like the walking dead and uh, the wolf among us still really, really hard. And um, as, as far as a introductory episode comes, like it, it did, it really did its job and it got me addicted. You know, you know, I'm desperate for more at this point. So that was pretty cool. Um, there's actually a full written review up on geeksape.net right now. Um, in short, I loved it and would, can't wait for the next episode. Um, I, I, you know, I'm fairly, I, I think I may have talked about it last week, but it, it, it's really cool. And, and, um, I feel like the biggest thing is that, you know, I have like some of my really, really close friends have kids that play Minecraft and they, you know, when they're playing Minecraft, Minecraft has no, you know, Minecraft proper has no story. Of course, you're just walking around, like breaking blocks, collecting shit, building shit, like stuff like that. Um, but they create their own characters and they create their own world and they create their own story like and, and and they play these characters and playing Minecraft story mode felt like that. Like it felt like it had it, it felt like I had been transported into an imagination of some child that that, you know, created a really cool Minecraft story. And, and I was uh, excuse me. And I was living in like living it. And it was um, it, it's neat. And I can't wait to play the second episode. But the uh reviews on geekscape.net in any case and it basically says that and some other stuff but uh so check it out there but aside from that i have also been playing guitar hero live which is so much fun like it literally i the last time i played guitar hero seriously whoa whoa, whoa. (laughs) do you want to try that one more time The last time I played Guitar Hero seriously was probably Guitar Hero 2, like back on the PS2. Um, Guitar Hero Live is so much fun. Like, there's James so, Franco so, approved. <laughs> and Lenny Kravitz. Yeah. Um, did you guys see when Lenny Kravitz's dick fell out of his pants? I heard about it, but I did not see it. I, I don't know why it's relevant at all. But uh, <laughs> Guitar Hero Live. It's it's like so there's there's two main ways to play there's there there's the live mode which is is this I I feel like it's actually really neat because you know for instance like if you look back at Rock Band three and Guitar Hero World Tour pretty much no reason to have both of them like they were essentially the same game just with different branding um, didn't didn't World Tour come with the drums yeah so did Rock Band. Oh, oh, I thought you said Guitar Hero 3 and World Tour. No, World Two, Guitar Hero World Tour and Rock Band 3. Ah. Well, Rock Band you know, 3 like, had the keyboards. But, I mean, they were so similar. Like, the games were so Derek, similar. get your shit together. Aside from some of the tracks or whatever. Like, Even I feel then, like a lot of the this, tracks are the same. 
Yeah, exactly. Like, I feel like this time around, it's really cool because they're both trying to do something really different. Like Rock Band is like, hey, here's the Rock Band experience that you remember. It's going to be just as fun as it was like 10 years ago or whenever Rock Band came out. And uh, Guitar Hero is actually trying to do something really different. So there's two main ways to play this game that you have the uh, live mode, which is so cool. Um, Basically with Guitar Hero Live and the live mode, it's all actually like it's filmed from a first person perspective and you're actually playing venues that um, I can't remember the developer's name, but but Um, venues that it's. What is the developer's name? Freestyle games, freestyle games. So, so you're, you're playing venues that freestyle games has either built or rented or whatever. And they've hired crowds to react to how you're playing. So for instance, you're playing really well, the crowd is having a blast. Um, and it really like, like, like they're jumping around They're They're throwing their hands up in the air. They're singing along to what you're playing. Uh, super cool. But you start failing the screen will blur out for a second and then basically they're booing at you or, you know, like even another level from that, they're throwing stuff on the stage or your your band band members, your ass. Yeah. Your band members, like your bandmates are looking at you like, what the fuck are you doing? Like you're, you're really messing this up. It's, it is so cool. It's so immersive. And, and the one thing that I really noticed and I really like is the, they've really simplified the UI. Like I remember playing, you know, rock guitar hero too. And it was so cartoony and, you know, you have your multiplier and your points and blah, blah, blah. And with guitar hero live and in the live mode, they have streamlined it to, you have your fretboard and you have the, you know, the, the, the notes coming down and that's it. Like you don't see points, you don't see percentages, you don't see uh, like, like, uh, you do see your note streak, but you, it's just so much simpler and it's just, just what you're playing. And then the actual live video in the background and it's, it's really, really cool. I'm really actually really impressed with it. Um, and the, the, you know, the track selection is interesting. Like I, I haven't had too much time to jump into it. I've played it for maybe a few hours, but you like, like from what it seems so far from what I've played, you have like your U S venues, which is like U S music, and some of that is interesting. Like they have stuff that doesn't, isn't really conducive to what I feel isn't really conducive to a guitar hero game. Like they have like Skrillex and like Eminem and stuff like that. And it feels kind of weird playing Wait, those they have, songs. They have Skrillex and Eminem in this game. And yeah, so, like Selena Gomez. What, and Selena Gomez. What, and, what Eminem song? Berserk or something like that. What Skrillex song? I have no idea. It's the uh, one that just sounds like a bunch of electronic shit going off. So, so playing that stuff feels kind of hey, weird. I, hey, you shut your mouth. So, <laughs> shut so, your mouth. Cause that, that is, that is my alternate livelihood right there. <laughs> Play, just... Playing that stuff in this guitar hero game feels kind of weird. Um, but then there's also like the UK venue, which has like UK bands, which have actually, like you can actually feel and hear the guitar in it, which is, you, you know, they feel a lot better. Um, but in any case, every set, yeah, and, and they're organized in the live mode. They're organized into sets, so you'll play three or four songs at once. Um, because again, it's live and it's a concert experience, and 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 you know, blah blah blah. And you're actually rated on each song individually in the set, um, as well as the set on a whole. And and it's really cool just to see the crowd reacting to you and your bandmates reacting to you. And it's. It, it really it makes it feel like a in my opinion it makes it feel like a much more adult game than you know the cartoony previous versions of rock band where you had your you know like like low polygon count 
uh, stereotypical guitar rocker dude, um, you know, or Slash in Rock Band 3, or sorry, in Guitar Hero 3. Um, it feels so much different than that. It feels so much better than that, I think. And it's really neat that they've tried to do something different and to bridge that. No, not sorry, bridge that, not, not bridge that gap, but make that gap between it and Rock Band larger. Um, really, really cool. And then the secondary way to play, which... I've been reading some positives, but a lot of negatives about is they have uh, this Guitar Hero TV mode, which they basically, of course, in past Guitar Heroes and in in Rock Band games, you know, you had your songs that were on the disc and then you could choose to purchase DLC for a number, you know, hundreds basically of other titles. Um, Bangerang? Why the fuck would they pick Bangerang out of all of Skrillex's song? Bangerang? Gross. That's a good song, but I wouldn't want to play it with a guitar. Sorry. <laughs> In any case, so so you play the TV mode. Um, the big thing with TV mode is that, you know... It, in this game, you can either choose to, and in this mode, there's a, you know, a, a catalog of hundreds of songs. Um, you can't just go, I can't, you know, you can't just be like, I really love More Than a Feeling. I want to go buy More Than a Feeling so I can play it at any point. Like you, basically, you can either buy or earn enough credits to get play tokens, which let you play whatever song you want from the catalog. And again, this catalog is hundreds of songs long. I, uh, I mean, to be been hearing a lot of flack, you know, people are just like, I just want to buy this song and this song and this song, and that's it. And be able to play them whenever I want, uh, you know, and, and not care about the other songs. I, as a more, probably a more casual player, like aside from the next few weeks when I'm, you know, I, I need to re- re- like I, I'm planning on reviewing this game and then playing with friends and blah, blah, blah. And then it'll probably be set aside when Fallout 4 comes out on November 10th. And then I'll never play another game again. But um, you basically, as you're playing the live mode, there's two channels, like, like, like they almost market them as like television channels that, you, you know, there's two and they air different content each time. Like one channel might have indie content on it, one for one hour block while the other channel has like pop hits on for an hour block. So you can choose what channel you want. Oh. And it just, you just cycle through hundreds of different songs and you play them. And it's really cool because it's, it's more competitive. Like you see the, the, like, like it somehow pairs you with people that are similar to the same level of, as you, and you see what place you're in, uh, amongst those 10 people. Um, and then at the end of the song, you get reputation, which helps you gain, like raise your level, which raises like slowly raises your difficulty. So it eases you into playing harder songs and harder, um, at harder difficulties. Um, and it also earns you credits each time, which you can use, to purchase basically play tokens, which you can use for to play any song you want. Um, or you can pay actual money to get play tokens as well. Ah, see, that's where they get you. So no, and, no, my, and, my, 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 my super question that has been yeah plaguing me is how hard was it from to pick up, pick up the new controller? Fucking hard. Okay. <laughs> it's fucking, but it, but so I've, again, I've played it for like, I've like, I got it yesterday probably played it for two and a half three hours total at first because of course so the fretboard doesn't look any smaller or any larger than it did in the previous games again which had five buttons across the fretboard right so for instance you would you know in in the previous games if you saw something towards the left side of the fretboard and the right side of the fretboard you would 
stretch your fingers and you'd have to stretch them quite far. Even though I, it's probably been two years since I've picked up rock band or I picked up guitar hero. The, like when I would see something on the left and something on the right, I would stretch my fingers and not hit a button at all because, you know, for those of you that don't know, so they've changed the guitar hero controller entirely. And now it's, you've got three, just three, but three frets, but you've got buttons on the bottom and buttons on the top. Um, and it's, it's much more like close to playing chords. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And once you, I'm still, I, I feel like I'm still getting used to it and it feels really, really cool, but I still find myself really rant like, and for the first couple hours again, like I would literally be reaching for buttons that weren't there constantly. And that's just because, you know, I like I played guitar hero for a number of years and that's what the controller felt like, or even rock band, you know, the controller felt the same and it's hard getting used to this new controller. But when, as I'm slowly getting more and more used to it, it feels better and better because you know i don't you don't actually have to stretch your hand which i felt like was actually could could actually be really really uncomfortable in the previous games um which i don't think was ever their intention but you know when you when you're playing for an extended period of time like to stretch from the first fret to the fifth fret even with you know i have i'm a tall large dude i have fairly large hands it, it i like hurt. i like how you, i like how you said that it's like well you guys know like all the listeners know how tall you are <laughs> it was it, it was uncomfortable it got uncomfortable and i i feel like it you don't get that same feeling with this but yet it still can be it's it's really it it remains really challenging not because you have to stretch your hands so far but because of the different combination, you know, there's more, far more combinations because there's actually, there's actually six buttons now instead of five buttons. Um, they're just, you know, they're just layered three and top and bottom. Um, and then plus there's guitar- like the fretless or the uh, cordless drums too. Yeah. So there's, yeah, there's chords and stuff like that too. So it's a mixture, like, like instead of just having to hit one and, you know, oh, I can hold the ones before the third, I can hold the first fret still because I'm hitting the third fret. And so the first fret doesn't interfere with that. Like there's actually chords that you have to play now. And so it it's basically, it's like, because of the way that they've designed it, it's easier for new players to get into, but also like, like on the hard end, it's far more challenging than, than the previous game was. Um, and so in this in this guitar hero live mode you choose your channel you're basically you there's mute like actual legitimate music videos that you play over top of you see your your ranking compared to the 10 players that you're playing against you get credit like like so you so you get reputation at the end which slowly raises your level which raises your difficulty which raises the prizes that you're getting um, and you get credits in the end of, at the end of each level as well that you're playing which lead you to be able to purchase play coins, which let you play any song you want in the catalog, which is again, hundreds of songs. They said that they're adding more all of the time. Um, it doesn't feel so, so, you know, I can just be like, Oh, I just want to buy play coins. You can spend real money on it. I haven't looked at that, but I feel like the game is fairly generous in giving them to you. So every, every single song that I play gets, you know, gets me 120 to 160. Uh, I, you know, I can't remember what the currency is called, but, but c- credits or coins or whatever. And I think it's about 6,000 credits for, um, uh, like, like a 10, 10 play coin pack, which gets you, gets you 10 credits. 
um, which get, sorry, which gets you 10 songs in the catalog to play whenever you want. But it's also very generous at like when you hit this level of reputation, oh, here's five play coins. Like when you hit this level, here's 10 play coins. Like I think I have like 25 right now and I haven't really used any of them. And I have almost enough credits to buy 10 more. Like it feels fairly generous at how it's giving them to you. But I love the content. Um, I think I, like the live mode is really cool, but I think I'm almost having more fun actually playing in the TV mode where I just choose a channel and here's the block of content that I'm getting and you just play and you just play song after song and you're not choosing the song, but they're really interesting songs. And I've actually discussed, like it's, a, it's almost a, like a, it feels like a music discovery service. Like there's a lot of new music in there too that maybe I haven't heard before. And I'm like, Oh, this is really cool. And then I save it on my iPhone or whatever. And, and I'm having a blast with it. It's, it's really unique and it's really original. It feels really, yeah. yeah, New songs, but they released, they put a Skrillex song in from 2011. One out of 10. Too too much old, too much old Skrillex. (laughs) No, it's, it's a blast. And the the new controller feels really good. And, and as hard as as it is to get used to, I've only played it for a few hours and it's already, you know, every single song I play is getting more and more comfortable, has a ton of classics, has a ton of new music. Um, I haven't had a chance to try Rock Band 4 yet, but I'm loving Guitar Hero Live so far. Um, I'm planning on putting a ton more hours into it this weekend, and then I'll have a, I'll have a review up, you know, sometime in the near future after I get a review of Tony Hawk 5 up. <laughs> but... Um, I've been reading a lot of people that are hesitant to pick the game up because of the potential for microtransactions. I feel like it's not limiting at all and that it's really generous with the free plays that it gives you. And I almost like this system better because instead of me having to, you know, I don't know how much songs cost in Guitar Hero Live, you know, like $1.50 or $2 or $3 or whatever they cost. But I almost like this that, you know, and it's very much like I don't buy dvds or blu-rays anymore like if i want to watch something i'll i'll watch you know i'll rent it on itunes or redbox except redbox just pulled out of canada so pretty much just itunes now (laughs) um but uh you know like it's like instead of me buying this song for three dollars and then i'll play it you know five times or six times over the next six months or whatever like you just play the channels which gives you credit which lets you play whatever song you want so in so you can either spend a little bit of money to you know like play a lot of different songs out of this hundreds of songs catalog or i can just play the channels which gives me credit which gives me play coins which lets me you know you know really experiment with songs like like i've never like this song sounds kind of cool maybe it's fun to play had it been the old system where I'm purchasing stuff, I never would have bought it because of, you know, I didn't know it. But um, but now I'm trying it out because now it's just a play coin instead of three dollars. And I earn that play coin just by playing the playing the, uh, you know, the, the either Guitar Hero Channel one or two or whatever. Um, and I've been rambling way too long, so I'm going to be quiet for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> but it was still about and, and, and half you, the length you, of the Destiny talks. So. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was valuable but, information. But, I mean, but, you know, this was a brand new game that hasn't existed in a long time. And it's way more interesting than Destiny talks. So. You, sh- you, sh- you well, shut your fucking mouth. Is this, we're pretty much an Activision podcast, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fuck Ubisoft. <laughs> Go Activision. I, I felt like that was all pertinent. In, I felt like that was all pertinent information. 
It was. I I really think that that song kind of discovery thing uh, is really fascinating. But it's really cool, and I was worried about it because I was like, oh, microtransactions, like fuck this. But it doesn't feel overly gimmicky, and it doesn't feel overly like, hey, give us your money or anything like that. And and I didn't even like. There's a lot more that I haven't even talked about, but uh, you'll have to wait for the written review for that because I'm talking about it for way too long. <laughs> Um, uh, I was going to ask a question, but I forgot. Um, uh, how do you feel about the microtransactions? I feel like I, like I, like I have 25 play tokens right now that I didn't pay for that I haven't used yet. So I feel like they're not overbearing or anything like that. Um, you can also, and I haven't looked at the pricing of it, but Guitar Hero has obviously always been a really fun, like party and a really cool party game. You can actually purchase a, you can actually purchase a 24 hour access to the entire guitar hero catalog. Like if you're having like a, you know, a party or something where you want that to be available, you can purchase that. But as far as the microtransactions go, microtransactions go, they're there, but they don't feel overbearing at all. Again, I have 25 credits right now and I've just been having so much fun playing the channels that I haven't actually, you know, I've only delved into the actual catalog to play like an old classic guitar hero song, like two or three times. Um, Hmm. You know, it, it, they're there, but they don't feel unfair or overbearing at all at this point, at least. And again, I'm going to put a bunch more hours into it and maybe those feelings will change. But at this at this time, it it, it feels f- totally fine. Hmm. Josh, you, what have you been playing? Um, so yesterday I started playing Guitar Hero Live. And it's really <laughs> cool because it's like... <laughs> Juan, let's go start our own podcast somewhere else, okay? The Destiny cast. <laughs> no, but like the the only thing that I wanted to add to the, everything that Derek said, if there's anything left, was that... Um, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking Christ. Was, was just that like I've always been more of a rock band guy, and I always felt like after Harmonic split from the Guitar Hero series, that like Guitar Hero was always trying to play catch up and do what Rock Band was doing after Rock Band did it. And with this one, it just feels so much more fresh and kind of like a step up from those kind of games. And as far as the whole DLC structure, I kind of like it better that I have access to the entire catalog, even if it's limited, than having to pay $4 for a song that I might not even like, but I don't know that I don't like it until I've actually bought it already. Mm. So it's like I was also kind of wary about it, but after listening to what it was going to be like at E3 and then actually experiencing it with the copy that I have. Yeah. Like I'm actually pretty much sold on this structure because you can put, while you don't have the freedom to play everything whenever you want, you basically have access to the entire DLC catalog without ever having to pay a dime for it essentially. But outside of that, um, I ended up moving on from my husbando in amnesia who, uh, who I, uh, who said he was going to avenge me after I fell off the cliff and became blind and deaf last week. You need to stop talking about it because I started playing that game. Oh yeah, you—that's right. You started playing it too, right? But that's, yeah. see, that's the bad ending. So if you're a good, respectable White woman, poop. you won't. F- yeah, you won't <laughs> fall into those uh, those endings <laughs> or off any cliffs. But so I, I, I got to when I get to, when I get to my topic, I have some questions for you about it. Oh yeah, for sure. But so now I've moved on to his best friend, who <laughs> is like a—he's like a total nice. He has like this total nice guy syndrome. So he's all like, he's like ridiculously awkward. He doesn't know what to do with around me. He doesn't know what the right moves to make. He's like, I feel like I want to hold your hand, but you'd probably hate that. And I'm like, just grab my fucking hand, dude. What the hell? It's like, I wouldn't be out here if I didn't like you. And then it's like, 
I got to know him more. I apparently didn't like him originally, but now I kind of like him. So I'm afraid to get my memories back because what if I get my memories back and I go back to not liking him when I'm really starting to like him now? But he's leaving in three days and I don't know what to do because I could either give up my past life and live happily in ignorance being in love with this guy or I could get my memories back and potentially hate him and I'm just really conflicted and confused and I don't know what to do. <laughs> so I really, I really hope it works. I really hope it works out between the two of you. <laughs> uh, well, I can... <laughs> Thank you, but I could always reload the save if it doesn't. <laughs> Wish I could do that in my life, man. <laughs> but outside of that, um, I actually was fortunate enough to get invited to a Nintendo Media event this past week, where they what? gave us a, so they gave us a preview of all of the holiday titles they have coming out over the next couple months. One of which was Yokai Watch, which you talked about earlier, so I'm not talking about that again. And since we're running long, I'll try to speed through some of these because a lot of them are just similar to what we've talked about before. So Mario Tennis was the first one we got to check out, which it's it's Mario Tennis. But now they have Mega Mushrooms that pop, pop up on the field where when you grab them while you're playing, one of the characters will get really big. And of course, naturally, their shots get a lot stronger every time the opposite team member like kind of lobs a shot back that was originally hit by one of the larger characters that kind of pushes them back really far and leaves them immobile for a bit. So it kind of adds another party slash Mario themed element to their whole tennis mechanic. Plus there's traditional modes to play. If you just want to play a regular tennis game. Um, the, another thing that they mentioned, and I'm mad because I haven't been keeping up with this game. So I thought maybe it was common knowledge. And then two days later or two days after I went to this event, it was apparently reported widely, so we could have had a Geekscape exclusive, but, you know. Oh, what the fuck? I know, but since I was at school and I had midterms and shit, I mean, now, now I just know never to go back to school again and just drop out and write for free forever. There so, you go. But, um, That's but, the life right there. <laughs> but, yeah, apparently they... Hey, at least you're not, you're not a psychology major. Oh, well, if I'm a psychology major, I could end up dead. <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, <laughs> I like how one laughed at that joke. But I don't under, I don't understand the reference at all. It, it was an amnesia reference. He, he oh. it's like he had some kind of epiphany, like he remembered someone that, who died and that he really didn't like <laughs> no, no. back in his oh, college yeah. days. Is your neighbor that, a psychology major? No, but, <laughs> but for another podcast, but. <laughs> 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 I don't know why that's funny. Inside You're the one me off the cliff. No, but, <laughs> but in Mario Tennis, the exclusive that I lost was that the amiibo support in it is going to be similar to Smash Brothers. So basically, you'll tap an amiibo and it'll suck ass at tennis. And then the more you play with it, it develops its AI and gets oh, better that's so at the cool. Game until the point this where is a this is a good 3DS game, right? No, Wii U. Oh, that's even better. Yeah. So I mean, it's like. It's it sounds really interesting. I've never been into the whole amiibo training thing, but the thing that worries me is every other game that has like extensive amiibo use, you had to like erase the data off of the same amiibo if you wanted to use it for a different right. game because they can only hold one, the game the the save of one game, right? Right. So I mean, that's great for characters like Mario, where there's like fifty Mario's, but characters like Rosalina, where it's hard to find one, let alone more than one, you're gonna have to either give up your Smash data or give up your Mario Tennis, but Speaking of which, Rosalina looks awesome in the game. Like she, f- she floats while she plays, so it's like she never touches the ground. She's just constantly levitating while she's playing tennis. Did you get to play it or just watch it? Play it. 
They does had it, it feel like? Does it feel like classic? Oh, they had it at Comic Con as well, didn't they? No, E three. They. My, I don't think they. Had oh, at E three. Comic Con. Yeah. Did it feel? Did it? Does it feel like? Like I haven't. I don't think I've played a Mario Tennis game since like GameCube. Does it feel like? Like like has it? The the mechanics changed much since that because I love Mario Tennis on the GameCube. No, that's actually tennis. No, go ahead. It's tennis. How could the mechanics change? Well, I mean, the mechanics are mostly the same, but the thing that now that you mentioned the GameCube version that I didn't that I forgot to ask while I was there is that you know the whole Mega Mushroom gimmick seems to be the big like new feature, but the both the E3 and this demo that I played, neither of them had the uh, special like the special character powers that the GameCube one had. So now that you mentioned okay. it, I don't know if those are completely gone or not, and I didn't have a chance to ask. But I made friends with one of the Treehouse people while I was there, so I can maybe ask them and get back to you. So you'll be on the Treehouse next E3? Yeah, and then I'll do something, I'll say something stupid on the internet and, and get fired. And get fired? Yeah. And then I'll be right back here on the Geekscape Games podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Um, so you climb up the ladder and then fall off, and then we'll be right here waiting for you. Yeah, it's like a game of Donkey Kong. At the bottom. Yeah, started at the bottom, now I'm back at the bottom. Yes! Yes! <laughs> 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 uh, so is that all you played at the media event? Uh, no, no, I played a lot more. Um, okay, so um, starting with the boring ones, I played Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Um, it's Pokemon Mystery Dungeon. Okay. Um I played, but more mysterious than last time. No, less mysterious because it's like the seventh one. Really? Pokemon Mystery Dungeon? No, it's. I think it's like the fifth. Oh. But um, outside of that, I played Fast Racing Neo, which I'll play more of at E3. But it's that indie game that where someone decided, hey, Nintendo's refusing to make a new F-Zero, we'll make our own. Yeah. And it's really cool because I knew that it was had a lot of hype around it, but I didn't know that it was kind of like F-Zero meets Ikaruga. So it's like the boost panels on the track are different colors. And if you tap the button, it transforms your car to a different color. And the color has to match the boosting pad in order for it to work. Oh, that's so cool. So it's like on top of like driving at a thousand miles an hour and and going through all these crazy like turns and obstacles. You also have to keep track of what color your vehicle is. So it's a really interesting concept. It's like uh, Ikarunga. Yeah, that's what I said. It was like Ikarunga meets F-Zero. Oh. Well, all right, I'm going to be honest. I've kind of been playing Amnesia every once in a while when the conversation starts to oh, drone you, on. You too? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which, when Derek started talking about play, play tokens and, and channels, I'm like, oh shit, what is he talking about? <laughs> I, I was playing Plinko. It's okay. I do the same thing every time you guys talk about Destiny or Battlefront. <laughs> <laughs> I still love you guys. <laughs> I'm like, and this I mean, is why we're the number one video game podcast in the I mean, Geekscape Network. To be fair, I only listened. I only played a little bit at the beginning when we were struggling with our intro. I listened to every <laughs> word that Derek said about Guitar Hero because I felt the exact same way. <laughs> but um, okay, so outside of that, and then of course I played Fatal Frame at the event, which is out today. And ooh, oh, how so excited! It's, it's even. I feel like it's even better than I expected it to be because I didn't know what the. Of course, the last one skipped us. And I had no idea how it was going to play, you know, with the Wii, Wii U's features. But like now it has a whole mechanic where it's the first game since probably Zombie U where it feels like it's using the gamepad to its full extent. <sighs> so it's like you there's all these other like orbs outside of, around the ghost. And the more orbs you could fit into the picture, the more damage it does. In order, and in order to do that, you have to actually like physically rotate the gamepad as if you were trying to, you know, adjust the 
the frame of a real camera. Now, now that um, sounds so cool. Now is one thing that I'm I'm worried. Of, is there like centering? So like like if yeah, there's a lock on button. No, no, no. I mean, like, um, can you recenter the camera so that if, like, you're sitting on your couch perpendicular to your TV, or I guess parallel to your TV, you're looking perpendicular, um, can, can like, the center get drifted off to the, like, the, the ficus off to the right, and you have to recenter so you're not, like, constant, like, can you get, like, twisted around and be looking behind you, like, on the wall behind you? Well, I don't think so. The, I mean, I only played it for a little bit, but from the way it seemed, the regular movement, um... You know, the regular movement is not affected by the motion at all. And then okay. it's not until you aim your camera that it's that it goes into effect. Okay. To... So so it so it can stay centered. Um it can stay centered just like whenever you pull it. Pull right. the, the, the aim down. Okay. Right, to my knowledge. And then even if it does get a little off center, as long as there's an enemy on on like in the camera's focus, if you tap one of the triggers, it'll automatically lock onto them. So it'll just rotate to that point. It'll stay focused on them, and then moving the cameras will mostly just affect trying to get the surroundings in the picture. So, I mean, that's just like a little bit of it. But the thing I'm most excited about, which, I mean, the game's been out for a year, so I'm surprised I didn't know this already. But they told me at the event that Ayane from Dead or Alive is an unlockable character in it, who is like not only my main in Dead or Alive, but one of my favorite video game characters ever. So I'm super excited, and I'm going to rush out and buy it as soon as it's not 50 bucks. (laughs) Because that feels like a lot of money. But will it do you think like but it's it because it's an eShop only title do you see it dropping at any point like well, aside from really really far out well they have periodic eShop sales and not just That's that true. but I'm hoping that not just that but last year around Christmas time Target had a like a half off all points card sale oh okay. so I'm kind of hoping more for something like that where I could buy a $50 points card for 25 and just get it that way yeah but of but, course, anyone can download chapters one and two and see if they like it, and then and then decide to purchase or not purchase the rest of the game, which is re- is really cool actually because it's it feels like far more substantial than just a demo, you know, a short 20, 30 minute demo. Like it feels bigger than that, right? Um, yeah, it it sounds super cool though, and I I'm a huge Fatal Frame fan as well, and I can't wait to play it. Yeah, no, it, like. I forgot to start the. I don't even know if it was up this morning before work, but I was going to check and I forgot. But that's going to be the. But first I'm also thing home alone this weekend, so I'm too scared to actually download it and start it right now. <laughs> well, then you could play Guitar Hero and their live playlist will keep you. Keep I will. It all night. I will. But yeah, and then lastly, and this one goes to El Chucho, who I'm sure is very excited about this uh, Animal <laughs> Crossing Amiibo Party which we probably spent the most time playing. And it was also the one that I don't think has been playable in any form. No, it hasn't been yet. So the way it works is really interesting where it's not really like a competitive. I mean, of course your goal is still to win, but it's more like a traditional board game than the typical like video game board game where your success relies on like beating your other, the other players at mini games and that kind of thing. This one seems more like a regular board game where it's like, there's multiple paths and the winner is the person who accumulates the most happy points by um, performing certain tasks. That's so fucking Animal Crossing, it hurts. Yeah. And like each space on the board is like a different Hurts activity. so good. So it's like some, like you can exchange bells for more happy points. So some spaces are for bells. Some spaces are for activities which generate happy points. And then a few spaces are give you both bells and happy points. And then there's also spaces that take some away or cause you to lose a turn and that kind of thing. 
And then the way it works is at the beginning of a game, you pick a a month and the game, you can either set the game to be a last, a certain amount of like physical time, a certain amount of turns, but the standard game would be for one month. So like every turn is a month or is a day, I mean, and then depending on what month you pick, um, that's how many turns the game will last. And any holidays that land in that month will have special events like like your standard oh, Animal Crossing cool. games, like the the weather and the season and like the seasons will change depending on what month as you progress. And it just seems like a really relaxing, like mellow board game as opposed to the Mario Party types where you're like gonna feel like you want to punch somebody for stealing your star or whatever. But another, but one of the weird things, and that was more a more controversial feature. Is that there's a side game where you can play as any animal in the entire Animal Crossing series where it's like you kind of work together to you're like trapped on an island, essentially. And then you move certain amount of spaces to gather resources to build a boat that you need to get off the island. But the catch to that mode is that I think I believe they said there's one that needs three characters and one that needs six characters. But the only way to unlock those characters in the game is to tap an amiibo card, one of the Animal Crossing cards. But the game itself comes with three cards, and one of the modes requires six. So you're going to have to buy more Animal Crossing cards, a minimum of one pack, if you want to be able to access like every mode that the game has to offer. Hmm. So, I mean, I mean, everybody who's in Animal Crossing, it seems, is trying to complete the entire collection, so it might be a moot point, but... Dude, I want that Isabel. The Isabel Amiibo? Yeah. Well, good, because it comes bundled with the game. Oh, that means i got to buy the game. So, there you go. She's, she's like my new main in Mario Kart. Oh, yeah, I like using her, too. Yeah. Is that, that it? Yeah, that's it. Beautiful. Uh, what was I playing? Metal Gear Solid Five, uh, made it to the second chapter. Have you made it to the second chapter, Derek? Nope, not yet. Holy shit! <laughs> holy shit, that's all I have to say. It's holy shit. Um, uh, like, like, weeks ago when I was uh, with... Uh, my friend texted me, he's like, Hey, I thought I, just, I thought I just beat the game, but it just opened up chapter two. Um, and the, how the whole story is kind of laid out like a... Uh, like a uh, uh, TV show, you know, with the credits in every mission. It's totally. It's like uh, uh, what to expect on season two of Metal Gear Solid, and there's just like the trailer. There's just like a ton of shit going on, and um, there's characters that are there that you're like, "Whoa, why is this character here? Why is this person here? What is going on?" Um, and there's uh, um, there's identities of people getting revealed it is it is coming together i'm enjoying the second second bit way more than i have the first um really getting into the fob missions uh infiltrating other people's stuff is really really fun um and uh uh it's tough it's really tough not having a buddy or anything uh when you're just playing as yourself um but uh i uh started amnesia um the not the dark descent memories and I originally wanted to name the title of this episode, Anime Makes Us Question Our Sexuality, because I started the game and you're, you start the game in like this void and you're met with this character that looks like a demon. And I was like, oh, this is a cute little anime girl. Just his hair is it's a got demon. A, huh? Just his hair is a demon. It was hair. Dude, spoilers. No, I'm, 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 that was a Mega 64 joke. His hair is a demon? What? The, the, uh, the Bayonetta sketch. Never mind. Oh, 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 okay, okay, got it, got it, all right. Um, I, I like that one, but not one of my favorites. Um, <laughs> uh, uh, I do, I do, uh, anyway. <laughs> and I was like, oh, okay, cool. And then, like, the, the voice actor is a, a female Japanese voice actor. I'm like, oh, okay, all right, cool, cool. So I got this, uh, you know, like, like in, um, 
oh, fairy fencer F. You have this kawaii as fuck, you know, girl as your your aide, or she's your gun, right? Or your sword. 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 Um, and then it's like he, the character said something along the lines of like, uh, like, oh, I, I I crashed into your soul and took over your memories. Uh, what is this guy doing? I'm like, oh, great. Great. Uh, so this is a dude. Sweet. Okay. So I had to deal with, with that confusion. And then it's like, oh, what's your name? And it goes to the name selection screen. And I'm like, oh, I'm playing as a girl. Okay. And so now it makes sense that uh, everything that Josh is saying about uh, dating dudes, uh, that this is a girl game. And this is a game for girls, which I think all Japanese like games like this are for girls. But Josh, you love them. So what's not to um, love? Uh, I was... I was hating it. I hate these kinds of games, but for some fucking reason, the, the the concept of you have completely no memories and you have to like the, I don't, I don't know the mystery of trying to like piece your life together is really intriguing, but I hate the gameplay. I hate like the read a bunch of text, click on an option, read more text, click another option. Um, is there any like game in this game or is it just like a visual novel? You can play the mini games. Okay, so there's there's like g- game games. Yeah, they fucking suck. Oh god! But what did you they're get? They're there. Wow. Huh? It's just uh, it's basically know. just like a choose your own adventure book. It's a visual novel, isn't it? Yeah. Okay, great. So my least favorite genre of all time is something that I'm actually quite interested in playing. Fuck. <laughs> I l- literally can't even. Uh, but besides that, I'm trying to think. Like, uh, I played real life. I played real life DJ Hero for 36 hours. Um. Which was also uh, developed by Freestyle Games, who developed was. Guitar Hero for Guitar it, Hero Live. Yeah, um, we uh, the 907 Gamers had their uh, Extra Life charity event where we ran for 24 hours, but I was there for 36 because I set up the stage and I ran the DJ stage. Um, we our team raised fifty six thousand dollars, and a local ISP came in and matched us $50,000. So we raised... Wow, really? That's amazing. We raised a total of $106,000. That's incredible. 24 hours for the Children's Hospital. So yeah, it was, it was, it was staggering. It was totally, it was totally worth like sleeping on this gymnasium floor and like weird shifts. Um, but I played a, like a killer, like, like video game, uh, like themed DJ set at nine in the morning. So I'm going to re-record that and upload it. So if anybody's interested, but uh, yeah, that was, that was it. I'm, I'm doing, I'm going to start doing this new thing where I go through and try to like, just beat some games that are on my steam library. Um, and the first one I'm going to start with is aliens versus predator, the new one. Um, and just like, cause I, I kind of have this thing where I normally like to play games on the hardest difficulty. And then like I hit a wall and I don't play it. I don't finish it. Uh, so I'm going to play this on, I'm going to just go through and play some games on easy and just beat them. Just so I have like more games under my belt and, you know, this, you know, I could have started with two other games. Did, that it, did you play Alien Isolation? No, no. You should it, start with that. Well, I don't own the game, and you should buy it. I'm I'm not gonna go buy a game so that I can, just because it. No, I'm not gonna buy any more games to add to this. I just want to see you be scared. Um, I played it on the Oculus Rift at last year's Extra. That sounds fucking horrible because it was. it's so fucking terrifying. It was. It was really bad. And then they played. And then they played a anime girl dancing sim, uh, which made up for it. So, but yeah, that's it for me. Mission objectives. Last week we asked you. <clears throat> There's a giveaway first. Do we want to do the giveaway first? Just, yeah. So we have two giveaways, don't we? No, just one this week because one left. Oh. So, uh, we have a Steam code available for. Uh, Telltale Games, Tales from Border, uh, Tales from the Borderlands, which just finished up a few days ago, 
critically acclaimed, amazing game uh, available on Steam. Uh, I believe it's a. I, I believe the Steam code is available for uh, Mac and Windows. Sorry, OS X and Windows. Um, yeah. Uh, so to enter the contest, um, I didn't tell you about this, Shane, but I've created. You know, because I'm providing with the Steam code. Uh, I'm creating the rules for the contest. So I want you to tweet uh, at geekscape.net, not geekscape games, because have we used that Twitter in a while? I don't think so. I just I was, logged into it for the first time today in like a forever. Yeah, I was using it for a while. And then when school started, I've the, I've fallen behind on everything. So tweet at geekscape.net. So that's geekscape, D-O-T-N-E-T. Uh, and give us a reason why Shane should show up to the podcast on time. Your best reason, you know, why should he show up on time? Uh, I am I going show up on time. I was early <laughs> for once for once. Uh, the best answer. And then again, that's totally deemed by me. Uh, the, the, the answer that I find the funniest or the best, uh, you're going to get a steam key for telltales, tales from the borderlands. And again, it's a full season pass. Uh, so there's the full game, which is completely available now. I think it costs about 25 bucks on the steam store. Um, yeah, so again, so you're going to be tweeting at Geekscape, D-O-T-N-E-T. Uh, I'm going to open it up on the Geekscape Facebook, and and I'll probably put a post up about it as well. But uh, have fun. Create, come up with some creative reasons, and whichever I find the funniest, uh, you're going to win a copy of the game. So, And you know what? You should probably, um, when you post it on the Facebook, you should probably do um, R1 to Geekscape Games and can do it for either one. Just because okay. if people start visiting us there, maybe we'll start using it. Yeah. This is true. I, I don't. I just don't use Twitter because it's just it's, the signal to noise ratio is gigantic. But uh, I'll start using. That sounded uh, pretentious as fuck. It, it ha- sounds like a Yelp review. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, uh, and then we have another contest that won. We have another contest coming up. Yeah, coming up. So we need to start really starting the show on time and not going too far over because Juan always ends up leaving. So Juan can stay for the whole episode. Yeah. <laughs> Our, our Skype timer is currently yeah. at two hours and twenty minutes. Yeah, that'll be that'll be our contest. Re- not really, but this will be our co- our contest uh, contest for next week. Give us a reason why ways we could shorten the show so Juan can stay. Yeah, uh, this is going to be a marathon episode. Cool. Uh, so much so for mission, no news. Yeah, uh, mission objectives. It's we just because a guitar hero came out and we talked about it for so long, and by we I mean I. <laughs> We asked you a control scheme you like to play on, inverted or normal. I got a few responses. Tyler N. said normal. Rick L. said OG Goldeneye inverted. And I asked him why, and he said probably just the mass amounts of hours playing Goldeneye, in which inverted was the default. Uh, and since then, that's what I'm used to. And then William E. said inverted. What do you guys got? Um, so I had a few responses. So again, so my question I posted was gamers. Do you play your games with inverted controls or not? And why, uh, excuse me, Frank S said inverted because I'm not an animal. Uh, Eric F said, no way shit gets hard. Uh, our own fearless leader, Jonathan London said, the only real answer is who cares? Hashtag only Shane. Uh, Evan B said, "I was this your question? You came up with this question. Why is he on my hat? Shh, shh. <laughs> uh, Evan B said, "I I used to only play inverted. Not sure why, but every time I played games with friends and swapped controllers, they would get extremely angry. I spent over a month of gaming frustration to learn normal controls. 
I can play with both now, but it takes me about half an hour to get used to one or the other after using one for an extended period of time. I said, this is very similar to the story I posted on the podcast last week, except opposite. Um, if you guys remember the story I told last week, my dad forced me to learn inverted and that's how I have to play now. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Miles H said all flight sims should be inverted. I see no need for anything else to be inverted, but that's really my preference. What annoys the hell out of me is games with flight on the PC where you can't use a joystick like GTA. Why the hell do I have to use a gamepad? Uh, Dylan A said inverted. Don't know why it just makes sense to me. Dylan L said inverted for flight, non inverted for anything else. Uh, Sean M said, I think one of the first, uh, first person shooters I played back in the day must have had inverted. And then it's just what I use now. And I can't switch. Although when I played, although when I played a friend's house, I always have to switch the controls and they think I'm weird. Uh, Graham H said inverted for flying. That's it. And my dad said definitely inverted. And I said, haha. Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. I know. Period. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Josh, you got your because if you missed last week it's his fault that i have to play inverted and anything else fucks me up yeah josh you got any uh just a few i phrased it with even fewer words than both of you i just said do you play ga- your games inverted or not and i got ryan g said no except for ace combat matthew r said no not anymore carlos sanchez said nope and xavier f said i used to well, more I used to when I played consoles, and ever since I went back to computers, I went back to standard. Maybe it's the larger degree in freedom of movement with the mouse that did it for me. And that's it. Beautiful. Uh, so this week we asked you guys, uh, in honor of one of our competitions, competitions, contest, uh, if you could play a Telltale-style game based on any property, what would it be, Josh? Amnesia. <laughs> okay. Any reason why? Because I'm playing Amnesia right now. <laughs> uh, Derek? Um, I would Mine say would be Bioshock <laughs> Infinite. Bioshock Infinite or Half Life. Ooh, that's good. Both of those are really good. Yeah. Uh, see, they're just so they're just so good at uh, Lost. Oh shit! I hate Lost. Shit, that's a right? great idea. That would be like Telltale. Like properties I don't overly care about. Or not? Not sorry. Not not don't overly care about pro- properties. I'm not only overly familiar with like. The Wolf Among like I I haven't like I hadn't I did not read fables up to the point where I played The Wolf Among Us. Playing The Wolf Among Us got super in, got me super interested in, in fables. Lost again, Lost had its ups and downs. It's still one of my favorite series, probably of all time. Um, a Telltale game based on Lost would be so cool and probably much better written than the television series was, series was. and. Oh, I just I just can't even imagine the, you know, like Telltale's renowned for. And again, something I mentioned in my Minecraft story mode review, the choices that Telltale forces you to choose, like the decisions that they force you to make are almost impossible. And putting that in a in a a world like like the world in Lost, I I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine it. And um, that yeah, that would be super cool. Yeah. And I have a real answer. I just didn't know what to say earlier. (laughs) Which sounds like a fake answer, but it's Hyperdimension Neptunia. Hey. <laughs> that does sound like a fucking fake answer. And the only reason Dragon I said Rampa. that is I was listening to you guys talk about the your choices and how, you know, it kind of gives you a different perspective or it like expands on a property that you might not even necessarily like. And while I like this property, like the side characters are essentially non existent. It just revolves around the characters who rule the world in in this universe. So I thought it would be really fucking cool to be able to play as 
for one thing, a male character because the male character is like non-existent in this series otherwise. But you can, it, it could be whoever; it doesn't really matter. But to be able to experience a story from the perspective of just like a citizen of game industry as everything goes to shit, instead oh. of being like a super powerful goddess who can destroy everything with her boobs, <laughs> or at I least just, that's what I, I, I believe. I just got a new response in uh, for the the controls question, and it's actually probably the best one we got. Um, my buddy Klaus said, I'm a Southpaw. I use H, J, K, and M for movement and G for crouch. Slash is sprint. Uh, all you right privileged faggots. So I think that punctuation is the... Uh, why would you use that control scheme? That sounds awful. I mean, uh, I don't know why you couldn't use use uh, arrows, but... Sorry, so he said H, J, K, and M for movement and what else? Uh, H, J, K, and M and then G for crouch. Oh, is it because he's left-handed? Yeah. But why wouldn't you just map them to the actual arrows then? Because uh, then, you, like, you, putting your thumb all the way over there, control would be, it would be, it would be wonky. I would, I would never use the arrows for an FPS. But even if you were left-handed? Yeah, I would remap it. Yeah, I guess that leaves you, it gets you closer to more keys. Yeah. That's uh, weird. That's, weird. That's really weird. Klaus is a weird guy. Klaus sounds like a weird guy. He's a weird guy. I mean, guy. his name's Klaus. Yeah. Klaus is a weird guy. Uh, so that's that's it. Oh, uh, around the site. Let's do super quick around the site. Um, I haven't been on the site in a week, so I can't say. Yokoi watch. Uh, <laughs> Yokai, uh, not Yokoi. I have been. Which 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 your around the site quick because we were at an hour and fifty minutes. Jesus Christ! I don't uh, even my around the site, which will be available by the time that this episode goes up, is Shane O'Hare running the Assassin's Creed experience at San Diego Comic Con. Uh, Assassin's Creed, Assassin's Creed Syndicate comes out tomorrow. Shane ran the Assassin's Creed experience at Comic-Con. It's an obstacle course. We had two different perspectives. Shane was wearing a, a GoPro on his head and I was uh, trailing him with my own camera. Uh, it's pretty hilarious and awesome. Um, he listen, only to our, fall- listen to our, our uh, Comic-Con episode where we talk about it a little bit more. And I tell about the girl who shattered her ankle doing a... a right. A, oh, that was crazy. Uh, right that was before crazy. I did it. <laughs> uh, yeah, Shane only falls once, and it was it was not that bad. Uh, aside from that, last week's episode of, of the Geekscape proper podcast featured me. So listen to that. Yeah, uh, he doesn't ramble on about Guitar Hero for thirty five minutes because he didn't have it yet. He's a he's a mole. He's trying to bring our show down in number two podcast. Oh yeah, like wow. go listen to the other podcast. Uh, my it's way better, shorter. More streamlined and more focused. Than yeah, this but one. with but with way more audio ducking because John doesn't know how to normalize his audio. And a hundred percent fewer waifus. <laughs> Derek was yeah, the waifu last we week. We don't talk about waifus at all. <laughs> last, uh, my around the site this week is uh, we've teamed up with Entertainment Earth, uh, our favorite distributor ever, and we're doing a contest for a Marty McFly uh, and DeLorean Funko Pop. Check out the website. There's uh, plenty of ways to enter, and you can enter daily to increase your chances of winning that Funko Pop collection. As always, you can find us on Geekscape.net, on Twitter at Geekscape Games. I'm on Twitter, Shane O'Hare, SS Jakin on gaming platforms. Don't forget to check us on uh, at Geekscape.net on Twitter, which is, of course, where you can submit your answer for the latest contest. I am at D. Cranevelt on Twitter, Captain K on PlayStation, sorry, Captain K17 on uh, PlayStation, where you'll see me playing Guitar Hero for the next week and then never again. 
And I'm at Inu Joshua everywhere else. And also make sure to follow us at Geekscape Games. If one of you follows us and sends any kind of notification to us, I'll start using it again. All right, yeah, do it, do it. Um, and uh, follow us on, on Twitch at uh, Geekscape TV. All right, bye, everybody. See you next week. Bye. Bye. So long. So long.